probably alerted you that we're recording now. So just yeah. be aware of your words. <laughs> every time we every time we made a phone call yesterday when I was hanging out, uh, the person would say, hey, you're on speakerphone, so be nice. The pastor's in the truck. <laughs> so they were I telling that, you that or they were telling they, the other no people? they were telling they were telling the person that they were calling that like hey be careful the pastor's in the truck which made me or, think now now think, were they joking or were they that's exactly what i was about to say i think they were just joking but then i started thinking how do y'all talk when i'm not around i think they were just joking though um not not for sure but well now, sometimes just when i call in call in parts i'll have it on speaker I will just say, hey, the customer's right here, too. <laughs> yes, it's, don't but, say that customer's an idiot or anything like that. <laughs> no, it's mainly mainly just uh, for pricing reasons. Yeah, don't let them hear what you're actually getting the part for before you charge them yeah. for it. Yeah. Agreed. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, joining us for MZBC, the podcast. We're coming to you uh, from Stockbridge and from Jonesboro today, two different locations. Our schedules uh, just cannot meet up this week uh, for whatever reason. Last week also, right, Mike? I think I bailed on you last week because of, uh, oh, last week, I remembered you asked me yesterday, what happened last week? Remember, yeah. I couldn't get the sermon to work last week. It was, uh, some weeks no, are easy. Uh, last week, I showed up, we all showed up on Wednesday because y'all had a, oh, yeah. had a meeting or meeting. something, yeah, and I thought it was going to be over at 6.30, so that's why I just showed up, and y'all didn't even start until 7. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> oh yeah last week we had the staff planning meeting you're right yeah. and we were gonna record afterwards and then once we started talking and hanging out it went way longer than it was supposed uh, to and then this week um third, we were struggling I can't tell if it's your if it's your internet that's freezing up or if it's mine. I think it's yours. You just froze. I froze. <laughs> yeah, you froze up. I don't know why. I'm like right here. Uh, You're good now though. I'm good now. Oh, you froze up again. Yeah. I'm just sitting here. I'm not moving. I promise. Um, let me see if there's a different network in the office I can jump on. Here we go. All right, we'll see if that one works better. We're learning, we're learning. Yeah, so last week we had that planning meeting, you're right, and then it went forever. This week we had a finance meeting and it went forever. And um, sometimes the uh, me uh, writing a sermon, some weeks it comes a lot easier than other weeks. Yeah. And so when I was trying to write, uh, last week was, God, I'm struggling to even think about what last week was now. Um, do you remember what I talked about? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> uh, it was David and the there you go. It was David and, and Abigail. Abigail. Yeah. And so I was just struggling with, uh, cause I was trying to come from the point of humility and, you know, she was trying to get David to practice humility when Nabal was about to, was just being rude and wouldn't accept his, um, gifts that he sent and all these things with David. So, you know, yeah, what? Layman, yeah. In layman's terms, he was being a jerk. He's being a straight up jerk. Yeah. And he just sa he sounded like he lived his life as a jerk. Um, and so David was like, well, fine, I'm about to wipe him out. I'm going to go take you got, get all of my men. Everybody get your swords. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> and she and she came in and, and stopped. And so I was just uh, having a hard time. How do you put this into words to um, teach so people can put it in their life? So that was a struggle. I think I usually write my sermons and I'm done like on Thursdays. But for whatever reason that week. It was like Friday at five o'clock before I left out of this office and felt like I had something I wasn't embarrassed to stand up in front of people and, and say. And so that was last week. And then this week's just been ripping and roaring everywhere. So yeah, every time I called you, you said, well, I'm in downtown Atlanta or I'm in East uh, Point or I'm in College Park or. They, yeah, they, they run me hard this week. And yeah, I, I tried to pull a few more hours to try to get caught up on some stuff. And I mean, I think. If, if I had to think about it, I think every day I did three to five jobs every day this week. Wow. That's intense. I mean, yep. that's a lot of, because uh, you're all over the place. And then yep. I know that you have to be facing the same struggles everywhere I go, have struggles with uh, being able to get parts and get things. And so mm -hmm. I'm sure in the mechanic world, that's just as difficult. 
Yeah. And people are like, what's the problem? I'm like, can't get no parts. Yeah. Can't mm-hmm. get no parts. Well, it's a struggle. We And actually, uh, Wednesday, I planned a job to do over at the Water Authority, which is right there behind the church. Mm-hmm. So when I got done there, we could meet up and do our podcast. Well, of course, that didn't pan out right. I, I was there for eight hours. And Terry Patrick, who runs the shop, the maintenance shop, he he tried for, I think, four or five days to get the, get an air compressor in for a truck. Wow. He, I found the mountain gasket, and then finally he found the compressor. And, I mean, it was, it was about a two-hour delay getting the part that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the job done and and um he's actually one of the guys that we had a really good conversation at the end of the day but oh, okay good to share work, that with man. work yeah life but yeah that's why we're we're doing the the zoom thing yeah yeah i'm thank god for technology we're, yeah we're we're giving it a shot and we're gonna keep moving <laughs> forward <laughs> so we um church life has been good this week we we have a internet mouse or internet rat and internet, um, I don't know what Gremlin. you call it, gremlin. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know what's going on, but the internet works uh, all week long. And for some reason on Friday night around seven o'clock, it goes out and then I have to go up here and reprogram it and then it comes right back on and then it works again until Friday night. So you can't quite figure that one out. But when I leave from the, doing this with you this morning, I'm going to go over there and get that set up and then we'll be good to go for our live stream tomorrow. And then Facebook for some reason kicked us off. Um, I got a notification last week that said your page is unpublished because you guys have been impersonating something or you have been, um, I think it said misrepresenting yourself. And I'm thinking we don't do anything on that page except post our Sunday morning worship service. That's all we do. Yeah. And without the lawyer talk, it says you're, you're spreading the truth. We don't want that out. (laughs) And we don't want that out there. It's too true. (laughs) So I've done everything I think I can, as far as sending them um, emails saying, look, I think we were hacked. I think it was unpublished incorrectly um, and no response. So it may be some kind of a conspiracy theory. They may be trying to shut down the truth. Like you say, other people told me that too. I don't know. But for us, we're just going to keep rolling. We got YouTube and it'll get out there and we'll share the link with people and all that good stuff. And so mm-hmm. um, it's all good. Um, we had a, I know this year we said that we were going as a church. Part of our goals were to uh, partner with our community and do different things. You know, um, we had someone approach us this week that wants to start using our church parking lot. We have massive parking lots here um, mm-hmm. to do a drive through COVID testing site. Um one is the uh, these are two doctors, okay? They're professional MDs. Uh, they work in Fayetteville in the emergency room, um, so I feel like their credibility is good. And we met and we talked, and they feel like it's a huge need for our community. And I told them I had to be honest. I said, you know what? COVID doesn't even really cross my mind during the day. I just live my life. I don't even I don't even think about COVID, honestly. No one I know has it. You know, my wife works in a nursing home, and so she's super cautious about it, but um they think it's important and we said that we wanted to reach our community and so uh, that's a new Mm. venture we're trying it starts on november the first so if you need covid testing there'll be a drive-through site here five or six days a week um so it's another partnership that god let us have with our community i didn't know these people before then and i would have never met them uh without covid and so that was a hitting blessing in all this chaos that's another good way god's letting us connect with our community um we have some Right now, I'm at the church, and right now there's a um, Kaiser Permanente um, diabetes prevention program that God connected us with, something obviously we would never have any connection with, but God gave us these beautiful facilities and this gym, and it's really nice, and so um, people are here and getting in shape and trying to limit their diabetes. It's, it's, turn, <laughs> it's turning from a spiritual fallout shelter to a medical fallout shelter. <laughs> It seems like it, but I told, uh, I read a book or am reading a book. Um, the one that I've been talking about that says, love your community. And the pastor that is in this book, one of the things he says is, uh, at our church, he said, we begin to tell God and ask God and, um, tell him that we'll say yes to request until you tell us to say no. 
in our community. Like if our community comes to us and needs something, we'll say yes, as long as we have the means until you tell us to say no. And so I've been trying to practice that on these few little ones we have. You know, you can't just let every, we get numerous calls throughout the week from people wanting to use our facilities and different things because it's so much space. So you got to have discernment and, and be wise about it. But for the ones that seem legit, um, I'm saying yes until God tells us to say no. And we'll see who knows what kind of connections we'll, we'll make from that. You never know, but hopefully it'll be honoring to God and he'll, he'll bless it. And we may meet some people that are coming through to get tested for COVID that may need to hear about Jesus and may end up being at church. So that's pretty cool. And speaking of community, I believe last week when I was downstairs before class started, sometimes if I'm kind of like you, if I don't feel like I know what I'm going to talk about that day, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go in my room and I'll, I'll read back over it. Something mm -hmm. else might pop up. So I'm, I'm reading and a lady walks in and I'm terrible with names, but I want to say her name was Alice. Mm-hmm or Lisa or somebody <clears throat> and she was asking where the where the meeting was going to be in the classes I'm like well I said here she went and sat down with with me well where <laughs> I said it's there's nobody there but me so I'm like well if you go on the other side of the divider I said they got the coffee and the donuts over there I said that's usually where they meet in the morning before they go to mm -hmm. class so she walks over there <clears throat> and I keep reading and I'm like you know about 10 minutes later i'm like she's new because she said that you invited her there and i'm like i better go over and say hey and introduce myself you know because i i was thinking if if i just walked in I was like hey where are they meeting is oh over there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i guess i got convicted of that so i walked over there and i talked to her for about five or ten minutes just to mm -hmm. i guess comfort her a little bit better for being in there yeah, it's a um, so, so you that, she was there because you invited her to talk to her. Not at all. Not at all. That's what everyone thinks. But it wasn't even me. I'll tell you where the confusion came in on that. Um, she was walking in the back parking lot when we got here, you know, having just just walking. And Steve, our worship leader, met her in the back parking lot. He said he saw her walking around and saw her and she came walking by. And he said, hey, are you OK? Good morning. Da, 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 da. And he could tell that she had been crying. And so he said, is everything okay? You know, can I do anything for you? And she said, yeah, I just need some time with God. I just need to walk around and spend some time with God. And Steve said, okay, well, you're in a good place for that. Can I pray with you? And she said, oh yeah, absolutely. So he prayed with her and then told her where all the classes met and what time we met for church. And then from that point on, everyone thinks I talked to her because I think that she said the pastor because she, it was an old white guy and she was at a church and he prayed with her. So I think she thought it was Steve. Technically, he is a pastor, just a music pastor. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. I, but you I know the girl I'm talking about then. I do know exactly lady. who you're talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of people told me after church, hey, thank you for praying with her and inviting her to our class. And she came and we had a really good time and da, 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 da. And I just said, you're welcome. <laughs> and then I called <laughs> Steve. If you're and giving me credit, I'm taking it. <laughs> yep. So I was thinking the whole time, nope, that was Steve, but hey, it's awesome. I love it when uh, that's exactly the heart of, uh, I guess, any pastor, or any leader is to have, if, if random people like that do show up at your church, you want to know that your worship leader, that your Sunday school teachers, your deacons, whoever is going to see them first, greeters, will mm -hmm. be able just to do what the pastor typically would do, you know? meet them speak to them find out what's going on and, and encourage them send them to a class where they can get encouragement so i was very proud of the way steve handled that and then i was uh, even more excited that she stayed and i'm not sure if she stayed for church or not because i couldn't tell by the all the people if she was one of the people out there but um hopefully wherever she is today she'll remember us from last week and and be yeah. back that'd be kind of cool i'm not even sure what class she went in because terry was there and uh, i was like mm -hmm. I said, what class do you think she'd go to, Terry? Because I, I don't know all the classes down there, but Bill's and mine. Yeah. There's an older ladies class down there she went to, so that was kind of cool. They had a good time together. So I hope she, she felt welcome. I'm sure she did, just knowing the people in that class. and um, I'm sure that if, if, if church is going to be her thing, then I'm sure we made her feel welcome enough to where she would come back this week. So hopefully she does. That'd be kind of cool. Um, but you said that you had uh, some interesting conversations this week. You want to get into them now or you want to 
set them yeah. up or what was going on? One of them, I, I started out and I was out in Stone Mountain. <clears throat> There's a, it's actually, it's actually, they call it Eagle Rock mm -hmm. and it's actually an old Budweiser plant. Mm. Probably just where they stored it. They didn't make it there. It's, and it's right off East Ponds. Mm -hmm. And so it's been there. I don't know how long the film has had it made it into a studio. But to drive by it, you wouldn't know it because mm -hmm. it's, it's still, I mean, they still have the Anheuser-Busch logo and on the mm -hmm. side of the building. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was there. I'm working on a truck and uh, did some AC work on it and fought with that for a couple of hours. Then I went to start the truck and the batteries were dead. It's like, why wouldn't the batteries be dead? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there and he, you know, and it's got three batteries. So it takes a few minutes to, you got to take the step down. You got to take stuff out of the way to get the batteries out. Well, the truck's parked back over in a corner because they're not using it. And then right beside it was another truck, but it was backed up. And I'm sitting there, I'm taking the batteries out and it's quiet. Well, the driver was in the truck and I could tell he was watching something on his phone. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I wasn't tuned into it, but I could just overhear it. And I'm taking these batteries out. And all of a sudden I started hearing 666. I was like, all right. And the first thing I thought of was uh, there's an old Iron Maiden song that says, Take the Mark of the Beast at 666. Mm. It was kind of quoting the revelation, is what it was doing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I was like, all right. Well, I said, I don't know what he's watching. So I keep messing with the batteries. Well, I heard it three or four times. I'm like, I said, that's my opportunity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, as soon as I get done putting these batteries in my truck, in my service truck, I'm going to walk up there. And so, and it's still playing, and I walk up beside the, the, the truck, and he's sitting in the driver's seat, and he's got the door open. I was like, what's going on? And if you don't know their name, just call them a driver. I mm -hmm. call everybody a driver. I said, what you got going on, driver? I said, I don't mean to be, you know, be rude or anything. I said, but he knew I was back here working. I said, I, I heard something, whatever you're watching, it said 666. Mm -hmm. Well, we got in, uh, started talking, and he was telling me what he was watching. It was, um, he told me the guy's name, but he used to be a Freemason. And apparently this guy put out a YouTube video, and he worked his way way up high in the Freemasons and how they're a cult and not really what they are portrayed to be mm -hmm. and he was saying 666 because it's like he was saying it was a demonic cult and that's when i heard the 666 okay and that was my opportunity and i took that to walk up there to talk to the guy mm -hmm. and come to find out he's a he's saved just like we all i mean he had his bracelet on and so we had a we had a really good conversation and it was great and just bounced verses off each other and uh he was telling me about the guy he was watching and so it's it's little opportunity like when steve took the opportunity with that lady in the parking lot mm -hmm. uh, like i said when i'm out working and, and i hear any kind of opportunity whether it's something like the guy was watching the video and i just happened to hear that out of everything that was said, I heard that. <laughs> so, I guess it, it, you're so you're so in tune just to certain words and sounds. I guess if you're in the middle of a of a concert or a, a busy shopping mall and you hear one, it's like six six six. You're gonna, all right, where'd that come from? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I took it and we had a really good conversation. Uh, it was great. I actually got his number and I shared the podcast with him. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I want to say his name was Chris. Yeah, so that was cool. I was like, I know that when we're out there, we're not alone. But when it seems like you're working alone all the time, yeah, spiritually speaking, from a Christian viewpoint, it's like, man, I'm glad I'm not alone out here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
for sure. It is way too much work for one person to deal with. Uh, and then and the I think it's kind of what we were speaking about, uh, talking about last week in our leadership training that we had on Sunday about being alert and, and like paying attention to what's going on around you, especially if you're just there to do a task, like change some batteries or replace an alternator or whatever. You do a lot of things, but being alert to what you hear and around, because you could have easily just been doing your job, not paid attention to anything and never had a conversation with that guy. And it would have never, he would have th thought twice about it. You were just like a guy there working and you were there and then you were gone. Um, there's so many chances I think I have that if I don't uh, speak up in them, then they come and they go and it never happens. But if you speak into them or talk to the person there, then I think people are willing to uh, open up and have conversations just about real life stuff. When I met with those doctors last week to talk about the drive-through COVID testing thing, that's kind of how it started. I mean, anytime I meet with anyone, I have the pastor title, so they treat me a certain way because growing up or their whole life they've always thought about pastors being a certain thing and whatever that may be i, I don't know what that is because i have yet to meet the perfect pastor but for some reason everyone thinks that pastors are like perfect and walk a straight line and, and don't mm -hmm. mess up but uh, so as we talked they were saying things that were setting me way high up on the like chart of behavior and everything and i just had so we i was just like guys like i'm just a regular person and you know i'm glad you're here and i'm glad I you struggle respect playing golf just like you guys do <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm glad you respect me and thank that of me but let's just be real i'm just trying to reach the community like you guys are trying to reach the community so thank you for respecting me but i'm not perfect let's so we we had some good conversations in that and found out that one of the guys the doctors was he's a father a husband he has three kids and picture he has three kids and the oldest one is three years old I'm like man I, I told him I'm praying for you because that is like that's work a three-year-old and then two I think he said I want to say he said the tw they has twins that are like one and a half or something so God bless him but um it must, have, it must be COVID babies there <laughs> yeah I don't know <laughs> He's the ER doctor, so I think during COVID he might have been busy. But their ages do, do almost match up with that, so we'll see. But yeah, I think it's just a, about being alert. Name I heard, I think Haley listens to the Joy in the morning. Yeah, when we're getting ready, and you know they have like Generation X, then they have the Millennials. It's like you know what you call the COVID babies, like what, like perennials or something like that. Perennials <laughs> <laughs> or something. I was like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, hey, I would love to see. I mean, that's going to take some time, but in the next year or so, they probably will have all the stats of all the babies that were made during COVID. I'm sure it was the numbers will increase. I did hear something on the radio the other day that um, divorce increased during covid when parent when uh mom when, when husbands and wives had to be together for so much time they weren't used Months. to it so yeah so divorces increased i'm sure that um sadly i think i heard that domestic violence increased because people were together and just in closer proximity with each other all the time and stuff like that so uh just interesting stuff uh well so that was your first conversation well you said you had two yeah, the second one was on Wednesday. I was out working and uh, we did, you know, did the job, got the job done. And we're standing there talking. And I guess it was, we couldn't talk as long as we would want to because mm -hmm. the conversation was going good because at 4.30, they locked, they rolled up the sidewalks and they were like, all right, we got to go. I was mm -hmm. like, all right, well, we'll pick it up later. <laughs> so, but it was it was really good, and I've known the guy for several years, and I never I never knew he was a, a Christian guy. Mm -hmm. A super nice guy, real quiet, uh, great to work with, easy to work with, and he's the shop supervisor. Mm-hmm. You come to find out, we probably don't live but three miles apart. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was like, mm -hmm. wow, we're neighbors. We're brothers and we're neighbors. Who, who mm. knew? <clears throat> and we got to talking and I could tell he knew the Bible. And then, you know, I would say Bible verses. And he, he had a really good point 
when Jesus was talking about the broad road and the narrow road, or mm-hmm. I think he actually said the broad road and the narrow path. Path, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it says wide is the road and broad is the path that leads to destruction, but the narrow path leads to eternal life. Mm-hmm. And he said, at one point, we were all on that road, the big wide road that led to destruction. And it said only a few found the path to eternal life. I was like, that's that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a good 30-minute conversation. Just, I mean, we went from, you know, Genesis into the four Gospels. And, I mean, he even went all the way back into, into Revelation. You know, I mean, we were just all over the place. And, I mean, it was just, it was great just to sit there and talk and, and to hear the word and it's like man that guy gets it and you know he has understanding of it and i understand it and we're just sitting here and we're just enjoying this conversation that we're having and and it it makes it worthwhile going out here and meeting new people and then Mm -hmm. even going and circling back and having conversations with with people you know like you and i will have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll say but the word is what ties us all together Mm -hmm. we're all under god's umbrella and jesus even stayed tied to god because jesus said i'm not even doing this on my own authority but Mm -hmm. i'm doing it from the one who sent me and it it all just ties back how we're all connected to christ and then christ connects us to god yeah ultimately god is the head so that scripture you were referencing matthew 7 13 says Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, it said. But mm-hmm. small is the gate and narrow is the road, or like you said, path in some translations, that lead to life, and only a few find it. And so mm-hmm. when you come across those few that find it, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I think that that few is a big number, but it just shows you how many people are in the yeah. world, because there are... I mean, obviously, there are millions and billions of believers. I mean, there's believers everywhere. I mean, there's just believers, maybe not billions because we don't have that many people, but there's millions of believers all over. And the, but the scripture says that only a few find it. Um, I do think it's interesting how it's all, how we're, we are all connected together and how we all, um, what I struggle, I guess not what I struggle with, but what I'm trying to figure out as a pastor is how do you present the gospel in such a way that is attractive to people, not to, I mean, so this is a struggle. You wanna make it attractive, right? Because anything I do in my regular life, I'm attracted to it for a certain reason, whether it's golf, whether it's the Atlanta Braves, whether it's Alabama football, whether it is uh, going fishing with you, what, doing things with people that we enjoy. There's something about it that attracts you and you like it and it's fun. Um, with scripture and with church, people have so many different viewpoints of it and different thoughts about where they've grown up and how it was done and different things. And you don't ever want to have to try to make the gospel um, attractive. It's our, it's already attractive enough. Like if people really understood the core of it, but everyone doesn't always. And so it makes it kind of tricky to get it into people's lives and then, and, and actually have them hear you because um, like we try to do events, like we have the trunk retreat coming up strictly with the, for the reasoning of, have the community come onto our property and be welcomed and feel Jesus's love and God's love through us just giving out candy. We try to do things like that. We have open gyms for kids where they can just come in and hang out and it's a safe place and all these things just so they can experience Christ's love. We are doing the Thanksgiving baskets where we bring food to people just so they can experience Jesus. And so we try all these ways, but it's still up to the individuals to say, is that attractive to me? Like, is that something that is pulling me towards it? Even though we, as believers, we know that it's the most beautiful thing there is. We know that relationship uh, is better than anything they can have, but getting people to see that and realize that, man, mm-hmm. that's a difficult task. Yeah, uh, it is, because I asked Chris, Pastor Chris, years yeah. ago, I said, how, how do you take, the gospel to people and it's like this is the most important decision of your life because mm-hmm. it's life itself 
and you need to accept Christ uh, to to inherit the eternal salvation and, and to be in heaven. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're going to be in hell. Mm-hmm. And it's eternity. And we we as humans really can't fathom eternity. Because everything we do is, and I tell the guys in the class, I said, it, we can't really fathom eternity because everything we do is point A to point B. Yeah. In the morning, six o'clock, we wake up. That's point A. And at eight, nine o'clock at night, that's point B. We're done. So everything we do has a start and a stop. God doesn't start or stop. He's always been there. And we just we just have to take that on faith. Because we mm-hmm. can't we can't fathom that. We can't picture it. And I said, but then when they do, then you have to turn around and tell them it's going to be the hardest walk of your life. I said, so basically, how do you take oil and water? and mix it mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> and then you know and i asked you know i've asked it several times to several people i don't know how many people i've brought that up to mm-hmm. and then finally one day i i was talking to somebody about it and i got the answer not from mm-hmm. that person <clears throat> but it's like mike you can't you can't you either accept the gospel for what it is which is the truth and that's something else that me and uh terry and myself got talking about about truth and then good and evil it's like well how do you know it's the truth if if you don't have anything to compare it to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like when jesus was on trial before pontius pilate and said who are you because i'm truth and then punch Pilate, like, what is truth? He goes, I am. I got mm-hmm. to sit here behind me meowing. <laughs> um, and then it's like, well, how do you know something's good unless you have something bad to compare it to? And Jesus yeah. did all that. Yeah. And it's like, and I just completely lost track of thought, but you can't mix it. So you have to present it the gospel, the way it was presented. Mm-hmm. And to get back to what you were saying, how do you make it, I don't know, attractive? Mm-hmm. Well, you do it the, only, the way that you can. Mm-hmm. You present it in your form and format, in your personality, and just like I do, in any other person that is that has answered the Great Commission, because we've been, the people that spread it for Christ, who are his representatives, he has given the ability to them because of the way they can deliver things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the way you present it might be 180 degree difference from the way I do. Mm-hmm. But the core of it, like you said, is God, is the right. truth. And it's like, well, I don't like the way that sounds. It's like, I don't either, but it's God's work. Right, right. You know? Yeah, like it's not easy for me either. It's just, I agree, it's a struggle. Uh, that's what you know when people. Well, I can't keep up with that, and I can't do that. You're like, well, I'm me not either. saying I don't agree with all of it, but just <laughs> so, for instance, years ago when I was reading in the Old Testament, and God was saying, in Aaron's bloodline is the priesthood. Mm-hmm. He says now the priests have to be this type of person. They can't have a physical defect or nothing like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Well, that seems a little cruel. And I run that by Haley, and you know, she's all about kids. Mm-hmm. She goes, Well, I don't like it. It's like, I don't either, but that's what God wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he said, If they have like a, a handicap or something, they're out. Mm-hmm. That was Old Testament, of course, you know, that, that, that of course. Of today, but yeah, they had, I mean, I'm thankful that I did not grow up in Old Testament days. They were a lot more strict. <laughs> like they were, I'm, I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of Jesus uh, in our lifetime because it makes it a lot different. But it is, and I agree with you. It's like, uh, and that's where I'm getting to with my con, um, being content with just everything in my life. And I was thinking yesterday, I was driving, uh, contentment almost comes across as I don't care sometimes. Um, and I think, I think because people at one point in our life or not just this life, but just not, I mean, not just this church life, but 
in our all of our experiences, we've been around people that were um, they tried to do too much, like they tried to make things happen for God, or they tried to continue to be busy all the time so that it looked like we were doing something for the gospel or doing something to grow the church. And, and sometimes it just is continuing weekly to be obedient to showing up, to preaching the gospel, to hanging out with people, to leading the best, to the best of your ability. And, and then leaving it at that, like just leaving it right there. Don't, don't beat yourself up and say, I think I could have done more or we should have done this. Look, that's what God gave me for that week. And unless I was just blatantly being um, apathetic or blatantly, you know, going against what I'm supposed to do as my job, then I got to be content with that's what God told me to do this week. And so there's some weeks where I feel like um, we didn't do enough or uh, we should be doing more. And then I got to remember just to be content. And it makes me feel, like I said just now, it makes me feel sometimes like I don't care about certain things because I will even say those words, like I don't care. But I'm not saying I don't care from my heart. I'm saying I don't care how it happens or I don't care that situation. I just care that we're content and we're moving forward with what God's told us to do. If God mm -hmm. takes five years to bring people to our church, then God took five years. We just got to mm -hmm. keep moving. If God takes another year for this land and loan corner to, to finally close and sell and us to have that debt behind our in the past, then we have to be content with that and keep moving. But that does not make it any easier. It's, it's still it's still a struggle and a challenge uh, just to keep grinding out every week. Um, but the blessings on the other side of that are so much bigger than any of the struggles we have that that's the that's the motivation. Like Jesus has already promised us everything, you know, the, all the riches in glory, all the riches in heaven, like everything that he is inheriting as the son of God, that he's inheriting as God's um, you know, the payment for sin, all that Jesus has is promised to us. And that's a massive thing. And so we can, we can take um, refuge in that. Like I preached on last week, is God really your rock and your fortress and your refuge? And if he is, then it's okay. Because yeah, wide is the, the path that all the, you know, everyone's walking down, but narrow is this little bitty gate that, that we're trying to get through. And it becomes difficult because everything on the outside of that gate it's pretty and looks like fun. And we, until you get up close to it and you see that it's really decay and um, it's not uh, pretty and fun and it'll ruin your life. And so it's a, it's a journey, this journey that we're on, but it's one that I embrace and it'll take us to our scripture. If you want to jump in there for today, um, mm -hmm. I think Jesus speaks right to this. So the last time we were together, we had Kim and D with us and that was a, a good uh, podcast. A lot of good discussion oh, about Jesus walking on water and trusting him and their walk with God as Mr. D uh, runs his business and as Kim serves in our community. But then right after Jesus walks on water and it says that they immediately, the boat reached the shore when, where they were heading. Yeah, he hops in the, the boat and it's like, oh, we're here. So why did you even get in the boat? <laughs> yeah, we talked about that uh, in our leadership training or in our trivia night that Haley did the other night. That was one of her questions. Like it was like a bonus question. Like, how long did it take once Jesus got in the boat for the boat to actually hit the land? And one person knew it. Like, one lady raised her hand immediately and said, the scripture says that immediately they reached the shore. Mm. And so that was kind of cool that someone actually paid attention to that because I had just read over that for many, many years. But right after that, uh, so Jesus walks on water and his guides are like freaked out and he gets in the boat. Then they're on shore. It says the next day, the crowd, this is in verse 22 of chapter six. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that when they had gone away alone and then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. And once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into their boats and they went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. So just an illustration here of some big stuff just went down. He just fed 5,000 people. He just walked on water and now they, he's not around. And so these people want more. They, so they go to find him. And it says in verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake and they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus answered and said, very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs that I performed, yeah. but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. 
-hmm. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they ask him, like, what must we do? What works does God require? And Jesus said, this is the work, to believe in the one that he sent. And so they ask him, what sign that will you give us that we may see it and believe? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it was written, and he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus basically tells them, look, um, it wasn't Moses who gave them the bread in heaven, but it was God who yeah. gave them the true bread. For bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then these people say, well, of course, that's what we want. Jesus, how do we always give us this bread? And Jesus said, I am that bread. I'm the bread of life. Whoever yeah. comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But he said, but as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. And so I thought that was interesting. He said, look, you've seen me. And these people are crying out, like, we want that. That's exactly what we want. And uh, he's like, well, here I am. Like, you got it. Like, I'm right here. So many yeah, times. And they're I, like, hey, will you give us a sign? It's like, I just fed all you people. <laughs> I took this little kid's lunch and fed all you people. And y'all still want a sign? Yeah, like, what other sign do you want? <laughs> I just walked on water. I fed yeah. all these people. I healed. If I you, mean, if you, yeah, you said. Well, we saw the boat over there, but we know you didn't get in it, but you're over here. Yeah. Okay, well, how do you think I got over here? <laughs> <laughs> we always want, in this world, we always want more proof. Like, we want more and more proof. And I think everything Jesus has done up until this point in the scriptures are all the proof that even we would need in 2021 to live lives that are sold out and surrendered to him. But we always want, like, him to show us one more thing. Like, okay, I've... I believe you did that in that person's life, but show me one more thing in my life. Um, and it's just, and so it goes on to say after that, Jesus said, you've seen me and you still don't even believe all those the father gives me, um, all those, the father, all those the father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away for I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And so I think that's the crux of the whole thing. The selfless acts of Jesus is like nothing he does is on his own accord. He, everything he does is like what's instructed for by God, the father and everything God, the father instructs Jesus to do is on our behalf. Like it's so that we can be redeemed from what sin has caused in our life. And what he requires of us is just to believe. And he says, what does God require? it's this he says to believe in the one that he sent that's what god requires and that's too simple for people to understand <laughs> yeah and i like what he said and you know we went through john six a few weeks back and reclaimed and they're like and having a hard time seeing because of the low light 25 says when they found him on the other side and see they said rabbi when did you get here like mm -hmm. like their concern they're gonna try to play it off it's like well we're we're worried about you when did you get over here he's like look y'all y'all not fooling me okay you don't care about me i assure you you're not looking for me because you saw the signs mm -hmm. okay you, you're looking at me as a free meal ticket mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. why you came looking for me because y'all you got a free meal he's like that's out <laughs> <You know? laughs> Because yeah. it always said, I think earlier in John, I don't remember the exact chapter, it said he wouldn't entrust himself to man because he knows man's heart. Mm -hmm. And he just proved that in six. He said, you're not looking for me because of who I am and who sent me. You're looking for me because you're hungry and you want something else to eat. That's right. And then, uh... that's when he got into the bread of life. He said, work toward eternal bread not food that perishes mm -hmm. so many times i think in our own lives we're looking for jesus to do that next thing and to and we're not looking for jesus because when you find jesus then you have to change you like your 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 whole demeanor changes when you find jesus so we don't we don't technically always want jesus but we want the things of jesus and mm -hmm. so it's like um that, that's still like even back in this day it's still some of the struggles we face today people will see us at this church uh 
living life and, and, and God blessing us and being able to uh, do things and have things and just live a certain way where we're not going without. And then people see that and they want that, but they don't realize all that comes along with that. They don't know the late nights of praying and just crying and, and being hurt for not being like, um, I guess, living up to the standard that we set for ourselves. They don't know the struggles of um, being in with people when they lose a loved one that didn't know Jesus, or even being with someone they lose a loved one that did know Jesus, the hurt that comes with that. So this whole walk, it's a process and it's a, um, it's a lifestyle. And that's what we're trying to share with people. Like, it's not just a one moment encounter where, okay, now I have Jesus and life is rosy and turns good. It's like, it's this grind lifestyle to where there are going to be days where you feel unworthy. There are going to be days where you feel you can't do the task. There are going to be days where you feel like you let God down. You let your kids down. You let your wife, spouse, everyone down. And the whole time Jesus is saying, nah, I, I knew that already. Like, I knew you couldn't do it on your own. I know you're going to fail tomorrow also. And I still love you. And that's like, that's what we're trying to get across to people. Like, no matter what, if you believe in the one he sent, like he said right here in verse 29, mm -hmm. then you don't have to feel that guilt. You don't have to feel that shame. You don't have to try to meet any standards. There's no work you're trying to do. Because that was the people's question. What must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus is like, nothing. Because you just of the believe. Old Testament, they, they were so, somewhere along the lines, it went from just obey my word. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've got a plan of salvation for you, but just obey my word for now. And and the the word that God was given Moses was actually preparing them mentally for the promised land. Mm -hmm. He was wanting them to mold them into a holy group of people, not over anybody else, but just them, because he chose them to make them a holy group of people as they really God's representatives on earth so the earth and the world would come to God, the knowledge mm -hmm. of God. And somewhere along the lines from there up to when Jesus showed up, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had twisted it so much that now it's like we are the holiest of holy in the world. And if we do all these good works, we're mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. God's like, and Jesus, when he showed up, he said, no, that's not right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say anywhere in you. And he says it many times in your scriptures. It mm -hmm. doesn't say that. He said, you in Pauli, uh, no, Jesus said you studied the scriptures diligently because in them you think you have salvation mm -hmm. or eternal life. He said, no, if you read them the way they were written, you would see they're about me. And then right here, he said, and there's like, uh, in 20, was it 28? What can we do? What can we do to perform the works of God? Because they're so used, like you said, before Jesus showed up, they're so used to having to work. They think if they work enough and they do enough good works, they're in. Mm -hmm. So that when John wrote that, it makes sense because that's probably their mindset. Mm -hmm. But Jesus gave them the answer they probably wouldn't expect him. Because in 29, it says, this is the work of God that you believe in the one he sent. That's it. <laughs> if you Do you believe in me, who I am? I am who I am. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you're good. That's it. And it, it. and it is work. Like, it is believing yeah, in it, Jesus it, does take work. work. <laughs> now, now, and sometimes believing, mentally believing, is more work than physical work. Oh, no doubt. No doubt, yeah. I mean, there's no been doubt. times when I've read stuff, I was like, man, as soon as I got done reading, I was like, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, my brain is just turned into mashed potatoes after reading all this. In the world we live in, um, it doesn't work this way. Like, it doesn't work to where people are willing just to. Trust. Because, like, in capitalism, if you want to be really successful, they say work. You know, mm -hmm. put it all, mm -hmm. put 110% in. So, so we're kind of in the same mindset as they were then. 
it's like the more I work, the more successful I'll be. It's like, well, no, not really. Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, a lot of people, I know you don't do sports, but a lot of people, the, there's like a, for Alabama football, for Georgia football, for uh, things like that, you'll always hear Kirby Smart or Nick Saban talk about trust the process. And if you would just stick to the process, then we're going to reach the goals that we've set and all these things. And that's a true statement. They have a process that starts from when these kids are like 17, 18 years old and they recruit them onto their campus that if they will uh, do the workouts, if they'll do the meal plans, if they'll be at the meetings, if they'll be at the practices, if they'll just devote all their time to this one thing, then there is a final plan and there is a goal and that's to win championships. And, and Georgia and Alabama do things like that because the kids trust the process. It's the same um, it's the same mindset in the scripture, in this Jesus walk that we're talking about. There's just a process and people don't want to, don't want to stick to the process. They want the microwave quick remedy answer. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like a process. The first thing you have to do is believe in Jesus, the one that God sent, believe that um, he came for people that he knew was going to sin. He knew he came for people that he knew we're going to turn their back on him. He came for people he knew that could never get it right on their own, that will continue to fail today. And he still died for you. And, and so if you believe that and allow God to start working and changing you, then you're starting that process. And then it becomes just a, it's a lifelong journey. I mean, I know older people that are still trying to figure out the God thing, not because they don't know Jesus and don't know what he says to do but it's just like how do i mix this up with my how do i mix the oil and water together like you said mm -hmm. i saw a funny meme the other day a guy said so oil and water don't mix and he poured it in a cup and the oil rose to the top obviously and it's just floating on top of the water mm -hmm. and then they show him sit back and pour oil all over his socks and then he runs across water like it's obviously fake but i thought it was just hilarious like he runs across like gonna float on the water huh? <laughs> it made me think of jesus walking on water and oil being on his on his feet he could have so olive kind of... oil on his on his sandals <laughs> <laughs> and maybe that's why the lady it says she washed his feet with the oil and stuff that separated him so but yeah it is a journey and it's a process that people got to stick to and, and do and that's what we I think this is a grind, the part of the process, the, even the podcast, even preaching, even just doing church in general is part of the process because there are days like we got busy last week and, and then we were busy again this week and, and the podcast got pushed back, not because we didn't both think it was, we love doing it and like we know it's reaching people, but it's like, man, life got so busy and it's out of the way, but we're up on a Saturday morning at nine o'clock trying to film it because it's part of the process. Like it is part of the process of, us strengthening one another as leaders in the church, us growing together as friends, and then hopefully people here in our true hearts saying, look, we don't have it all together either. Um, we just know it's Jesus, and we're just trying to follow him. This is what it's he like, told us. We never will have it all together. <laughs> ever. Like, ever. The day we'll have it all together is the day we're not on this earth anymore, and it won't matter yeah. how we, it won't matter to what we're trying, the people we're trying to please on this earth. It, it's a crazy thought, but the day we have it all together because um, I think, do you agree with this? Like the reason we want it to be all together is because I want to appear to you and to others that I have it all together. I want you to see my life and be like, oh, he's got it all together. He's pretty, that's a pretty awesome guy. And mm -hmm. the day that we actually have it together, they won't even be able to see us because we'll be in heaven. I mean, yeah. it's just like. <laughs> so where'd he go? Uh, he ain't here. <laughs> he's, out. No he's out <laughs> he, it's interesting he will not be doing the podcast anymore <laughs> no no and if he does it's like a spiritual uh supernatural thing that'd be that'd be kind of crazy um yeah you know, th this week it was great just because of those two conversations it was it it helps me out to hear it too from people that you don't know or don't expect it to hear from absolutely because when, when you're at the church building on Sundays and you know what you're going to hear when you're there. Mm -hmm. For instance, when you go to a football game, you know what you're going to hear. The cheering mm -hmm. and the coaches and the yelling, you know what to expect. But when you're out, say you're at Sam's and you're shopping and you run into another football fan, you didn't expect that. So you mm -hmm. take time and you guys sit there and y'all talk about games and plays and mm -hmm. whatever's involved. And 
So it helps me when I'm out. And it's not that um, I need that. I'm looking for that boost of faith or, mm-hmm. or encouragement because I, I know where my help comes from. Mm-hmm. Comes from the maker of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. But, but as anybody else, it is nice to have, to have the encouragement when you're not expecting it. Yeah, absolutely. So it, helps, it helps you do your, your job, your calling. Uh, anytime you get help and even it's even more rewarding when you're seeking the help and you get it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was like so it, it was really nice and i and i look for those times and there's many times where i've been working and that conversation started i stopped working yeah i was like that's broke that's not going anywhere i said this mm-hmm. may never happen again that's right you got to take advantage of when that when those pop opportunities pop up you got to seize the moment right then because you're right it may be that may be the only time you have a chance to speak truth into that person's life ever like it may the door may never open again yeah. like um, with that lady that was in the parking lot steve could have said that's right he could have got out of his car here, you know tune up my guitar <laughs> and when i get done with that and come back out if she's here i'll go talk to her right i'm assuming he he went as soon as he saw her as soon as he saw her yeah so that was pretty awesome and this scripture also got me thinking about okay if jesus says he's the bread of life what does bread do in my life like what is it for like bread is like a nourishment bread is like something that sustains you it gives you life it gives you energy um and so that's what jesus is doing he's able to sustain us he's able to give us nourishment he's able to uh give us energy and being able to do the things we do if we'll just tap into his the power source we'll just believe in the one god has sent um and that his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts and he understands that knows that but he still wants to use us in these mighty ways um and and i think when i say stuff like he wants to use us in mighty ways i picture like a um a revival where there's like these massive things happening but i have to remember that god using us in mighty ways may just be as simple as uh talking to a a coach over at the high school or talking to somebody in my community and right, right around here, just encouraging people. And, and you never know that for that moment, that may have been the encouragement they needed to keep going, you know, just to keep pressing on and stuff like that. And so, so they could have been on their way over to the bridge on 75. Absolutely. And you, and you intersected and you their life right there. And they, they could be the start of that huge revival. Yeah. Well, no. And we have a great uh, opportunity here at Mount Zion. I think that God, obviously God is in charge of everything, but um, the different demographics here and the different diversity that we have here, and I'm white and you're white, obviously, and, and but our, the community we're in is predominantly not white. And so I think it helps, I mean, because across the spectrum of the world, there's like still a racial division, no matter how far we try to get away from it and to just everyone's the same, we're all sinners and Jesus created and God created all of us. There's still this racial divide. And so I feel like every time that I'm able to interact with people of a different um, ethnic group, whether it's black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, that, that, that helps break down those walls. And we're becoming more and more what God created us to be, just the people surrendered to him, believing in his son and living life together, knowing that this isn't the end all be all, that we're heavenly citizens that are just here for a short period of time and so while we're here um glorify him the best we can have our contentment in him the best we can and just live lives that are um surrendered to him and selfless to other people and then that's all we can do and then we just trust in his plan because when we get to heaven we're all going to be living together still yeah (laughs) yeah well the believers will anyway uh i've heard uh people say before like when they don't like somebody like uh, come up to them and like if someone if i don't think you like me and they'll approach them and say you know when we get to heaven we're gonna have to live together (laughs) you're like yeah i know but when i get to heaven my heart's gonna you know it's like yeah but we're not there yet (laughs) (laughs) i still have time not to like you (laughs) <laughs> that's right that's right well god is doing some cool things around here and uh i'm appreciative of leaders like you and others we had a leadership meeting on sunday i was super encouraged by i've been asking god to bring people along with me that will um, stand up and share their hearts and just testimony to people that will all, when a pastor speaks it's one thing people think i get paid to always talk about god and things and i do but that's not my 
only reason when another person, a lay person, a volunteer steps up and shares their heart. Um, it just has a different meaning. And so I've been praying for God to do that. He did that this past month and we've had our leadership training on Sunday and a new person led. And I was super excited about that. Um, he's just doing some cool things here with relationships and people. And I'm just learning to just stay the course, just stick to it and, and trust him. And um, whatever Mount Zion ends up, ends up being, whatever Russell's pastorship ends up being, whatever Mike's uh, legacy as a, as a life group leader ends up being, we throw it all in the hands of God. And, and if, it, if it never gets any better than it is today, then it's a blessing because um, we're able to freely share the gospel and live our lives and, 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 and it's all, and it's good. And so that's the mindset I'm in. I think I'm in a great mood today because I get to go from here and go play in a golf tournament today. So that's always a wonderful day in my life. My brother's we're, coming down. We're going to load up the kayaks after this. Hey, yeah, see, so you're going to be out in nature. That's and, awesome. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's going to be personally, just for me, it's going to be a great day because I'm actually going to get to fish a lake that I never thought I'd get to fish again. Okay. And it's not necessarily the lake, but it's the person that took me to that lake and it was Mr. Doug. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And this is, you know, you know, he had his pond at his house. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We fished it. And then there was two other little private lakes that we went to one. I still have access to, and I go there um, just whenever. Mm -hmm. but this one today the way it panned out is a guy i worked on his rv uh, about three or four years ago because uh, uh, a lot of your teamsters are from out of state so mm -hmm. they'll have a camper when they have say he was working here so he brought his camper down well he was having trouble with his generator and i worked on his generator three or four years ago well he ended up uh, he bought a house and he wanted to sell his camper to one of his stepsons. Mm -hmm. The generator wasn't working right again. So I went down there about three weeks ago. I'm like, well, where do you live? And he's like, well, I live right down here in Hampton now. And when I went down there and I knew as soon as I pulled up to that house, I knew exactly where I was. <laughs> and, you know, I got his generator up and running. He goes, you want to fish the lake? I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so today is that day that I, I, I'm fishing a lake that I thought I'd never get to fish again. And it's mainly not the lake, but because Mr. Doug. Took the me. person that introduced you to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He yeah. had a huge impact on your life. And that's a really, so you're going to have, when you get there, you're going to have, you're not going to be able to uh, hold back the emotions if you're anything like me. At some point today, they'll strike you. Well, uh, the guy that, and ironically, the guy that lives there is named Rex, not not the Rex that you know, but uh, that is funny. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got on a side by side, like I said, about three weeks ago when I was there. We rode around the property, and and he said, "Me, you can have access to the lake." And he's got a pedal boat there that Haley and Levi are going to get in. Okay. I'm taking my kayak. Nice. Nice. I, and he said, what are you going to charge me for this? And I told him, I was like, is that fine? He, he said, yeah, that's great for me. I said, since you're giving me full access to the lake, you know, I didn't charge him much of anything. Yeah. And uh, I said, man, I said, you really just don't know what that means to me. And I, I'm not really emotional about it, but I'm just, I'm, I'm but, glad that I can go back. Yeah. And I Absolutely. told him everything about the lake. I said, that house over there. And, there's the Peter Creek and the dam, and uh, it was great. And add that's really to cool. What you said, uh, what come to my mind is what Paul wrote to Timothy. You know, when we're done, he said, "I've I've run the race. I've kept the faith." Mm -hmm. And so, at the end of end of our our earthly life, it's like I kept the faith. Mm -hmm. Now it's time to go get my reward. And Paul wasn't bashful. He goes, I'm going to get my reward that's waiting on me. Yeah. And it's absolutely. not necessarily things, but the reward is to be in the presence of God for eternity. Mm -hmm. And, we'll and, to bring, and no bring as many people as we can with us. Yep.
Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time this morning, Mike. Thank you guys. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Me and Mike will hopefully be back in this reclaim layer next week if time permits. If not, then hey, this this way works too. So I like it. Uh, we can do it from anywhere. And so we appreciate you guys' support. Uh, go out there and love somebody today. Spread the gospel. Let them know Jesus loves them. That no matter where they are, he hasn't forgot about them. And that we're going to stay on this process. We're going to keep the journey going and uh, be content with keep where God has faith. us. Keep the faith. All right, Mike. I'll talk to you later, brother. Peace. See you guys. Yes, sir. Bye.